Hi everybody, welcome along to episode 9 of the What Do We Know podcast with myself, Jay, and no surprises for guessing who's alongside me, as always, it's Rob. How's it going? Two games postponed this weekend, uh, Burnley and Leicester, and then the North London Derby Spurs against Arsenal. So eight games for us this weekend to, to dive into, including a top-of-the-table clash, some mid-table battles, and a relegation six-pointer. So what did you make of the, the games this weekend then? Um, entertaining. A bit too much VAR involvement for me, but they, I think basically all of them were, were good games. There, was, there wasn't really a massive letdown of a boring nil-all draw that just seemed to stick around midfield one end to the other. But yeah, it seemed yeah. To be too, didn't seem to be too bad. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, like you said, yeah, there was a lot of um, VAR talking points. Um, no doubt we'll get into some of that, sure, I suppose. Uh, We'll dive in first then with one of the mid-table uh, battles, I suppose, with Aston Villa against Man United. Yeah, mid-table at best, I think, at this stage. It kills me to say that, but, but it's the truth, in fairness. <laughs> yeah, look, and to be fair, look, the first goal was shocking. Martinez didn't yeah. cover himself in any kind of glory. It was fairly straightforward, only for Cavani seemed to look like he was going to get a touch. But keeper needs to be doing better there. Yeah, he was the only thing you could say for him, maybe it's early in the game and he was a bit wasn't warmed up properly. But obviously, there's no excuses for that. And Not as then, professional. No, no. And then he was clutching at straws, trying to say Cavani was offside yeah. and in his eye line, but he wasn't. He wasn't offside. He, wasn't and he offside. also he also wasn't really in his eye line either. So he he just knew it was a mistake. Um, and he was yeah. looking looking to point the blame somewhere else. But yeah, they couldn't have asked for a better start for United. No, and they looked sharp. They looked impressive. Um, no, Ronaldo gave Alanga a bit of a run. Greenwood looked impressive. Like they, they, they looked like they knew what they were at for the first time since under Ranić. I think since yeah. game one. But for the first um, half hour. Yeah, and the second goal was a mistake on Villa's part, giving the ball back. Yeah, and great finish now, but yeah, great finish. Yeah, but like. Like poor, I said, for first first half hour, United were good, but then it was pretty much all Villa for the rest of the game. But the at Coutinho two, show. Yeah, at two nil though they had they got their chance. Villa made a mistake, and at two nil you're thinking right, see the game out now. Sixty seventh yeah. minute they scored, it's only twenty minutes to see out here. But that's what we've we've learned to see with United now. You just don't know what to expect with them. So Villa deservedly got back into the game though. Coutinho obviously came on, was involved in the the first goal. goal. They're yeah. they're calling it Which Coutinho was a assist, but I'm not having any of that. No, I don't uh, think so. Yeah, it Fred, took a deflection off the defender. Yeah, Fred yeah. nicks it. But Coutinho yeah. did play play well in the build up to it, no question about that, and a, a lovely finish, as you said, by Ramsey. Second goal, uh, more a defensive mistake, I think. How can Coutinho be standing there at the back post on his own for a tap in like that? Yeah. Well, even even before that, in the build-up, it was very slow. Um, Matic was, well, Matic was being Matic, like, can barely move. So he couldn't get near any bloody players. So it was just, it was too easy getting through. Uh, Ramsey cuts the ball back, but then, like I said, Coutinho, so much space. And at a time when you, you need to hang on, um, and they were just all over the place. Yeah, and it's not like United had the 20s playing like what may have happened or was pretty close to happening with Leeds that was that was a, a not a, a well drilled knowledgeable defensive line 
you can't believe it. Especially, like I know Coutinho is only in the in the the club a wet week, but you can't be leaving someone of his quality, and we know he's quality. We've seen it in the Premier League, and in Champions League and Spanish League and German League and whatever else. May come in fits and starts, but he's quality. He it'll yeah. always come through, and you can't leave someone of his ability on their own. It was inevitable he was going to have some sort of say in the game. Unfortunately, it was. It, it was to, to snatch a draw. Um, well, I said snatch a draw. Villa would have been hard done by if they didn't win the game. Obviously, yeah, I think so. De Gea kept United in the game a yeah, couple of times. Like, United obviously beaten the week before in the FA Cup, and they were they were very lucky then. It was nearly. It looked like it might have been two weeks in a row where they just didn't get the rub of the green, but they definitely deserved to get a draw. And even if they managed to get a late winner, I don't think he could have could have put held that held that in against them because they were the better team for pretty much the majority of the game as I said apart from United's yeah. good spell in the first half hour I think Coutinho coming on did make a difference he seemed to give them a more attack and threat something to link up their kind of defensive midfield yeah. and backline to, to the forwards and he just kind of brings that in together I think Jared made two very good signings in Lucas Dean who actually pulled a great save out of the game in the first yeah. half and uh, with Coutinho two cracking signings um, and as we've seen with Certain things going on at Everton, maybe Dean was was right to get out. Yeah, he obviously seen seen his chance to go and ran for. But um, yeah, no, it's de- definitely some good signings. Gerard, we've we've mentioned before, he's doing well. I think he will do a good job, and he'll definitely attract some good players in like that. Even Ramsey, there, he's a Villa lad playing in midfield. No better man to learn off than than Gerard. So. Big time, yeah. It's, there's loads of things like that going for him. But yeah, that's uh, too well. Like, and like we said, though, but... Dean Smith had Villa playing good football. It, Jared wasn't coming in cold to a team like Smith took over at Norwich that had nothing going for them, yeah. no one playing for it well for them. Jared came into a fairly well-functioning team. Might have tweaked things a little bit, but he's, oh, well, he's definitely improved he, them. But... He's a definitely, he has improved them, but I totally see your point. They, they weren't... They weren't a team on the decline or going backwards or needed massive no, rebuilds or anything. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The core of it all was there. Um, they're not expecting to be more a than difference. a mid. Yeah, they're not expecting to be more than a mid-table team. They're, I don't think they're expecting to do what West Ham are doing and get up to fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever it is. They well, might be going for that in a year. Or, yeah, yeah, that is but not aim. now. You know, in no, a year no. or two, maybe when yeah. they've developed a little bit better. But at the minute, it's it's. Uh, it's a bit early to be expecting that kind of return. Yeah, so went too well then with Coutinho's goal. Um, you know, it just never looked like getting believing they could even go on then and, and get the winner. It's just, um, I know you don't want to always compare to the United of old, but that was always the case. Sometimes that can happen in football. You can see two goals, but then the belief comes back in, you're going to go and get the winner. It just never materialised like that. And if anyone, anyone was going to get the winner, it was going to be Villa. You can hear the disappointment in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just even at 2-0 when, when like we were playing so bad and then we went 2-0 up I was delighted but I still wasn't confident like like you should be with 20 minutes left 2-0 up you should be confident Mid, mid-table team or not yeah I suppose even a mid-table team would want to re- kind of protect that kind of a lead exactly like and yeah I don't know and the fear is he Ranick left Maguire out and he said he left him out because nothing to do with an injury or anything. He just said he he was sticking with the same back two that he played during the week or that he played in the cup the week before. So it's kind of like that's him kind of saying, you know, Maguire isn't up to it, and because he hasn't been. But then we go and can see no, two, he's been really two, poor. 
Yeah, but then we can see two sloppy goals and I'm going to be like, is he going to bring Maguire straight back in next week? Probably. Or mid, mid-week to play against Brentford. So but that's look at Phil Jones, like, best man yeah. on the pitch last week. Doesn't get a look in this yeah. week. I know, yeah. it's odd. Like, and then again, I know that, that there's not much talent there in midfield, but again, sticking, he's played Matic a lot. And Matic is just, he's so slow. Like It's it's beyond belief how slow he is. He, You know, and he has experience, yeah, but he just, he's... We can't. We get we we get outrun in midfield every game. In any team, we just can't control it in midfield, and we have less of a chance of controlling it when you've got Matic in there who can barely fucking turn. Like, you know, so yeah, I don't think Matic and Fred works. Whatever about no. McTominay and one of the others, I don't think Matic and Fred works. Um, McTominay at least gives you a bit more about him. He has a bit more kind of probably the youth on his side as well yeah. he has the legs he has the kind of fearlessness I suppose Matic is, is similar to what you used to give out about with Carrick sideways and backwards yeah oh, he's definitely sideways and backwards if, if anything, he's not even sideways now he's just backwards <laughs> but yeah it's hard it's hard yeah. to watch um, new, news there breaking today we're seeing they're actually could possibly be appointing a new manager even before the end of the season whether that's going to be because they've decided they're going to stick with Ranić or they're actually doing some work behind the scenes with whether it's Pochettino or Ten Hag or who fucking knows but yeah with the, with the word that's been coming out of the United camp the last couple of weeks they'd be making a big statement to be sticking with Ranić they see it, there seems to be all sorts of fractures and divides in the in the camp at the minute from what, yeah. what I'm reading anyway on, on Twitter and, and sports reporters and stuff so if they're sticking with Ranić, it's a massive risk to take so early in what they were giving them oh, as yeah. a six-month tester, well, the club, I suppose. Even the clubs all over the place, all these leaks that are coming out, it's just fucking shocking. Like, everything, anything that happens in there is just being leaked out by like loads of different people. It's not like there's one little mole in there in the club leaking a few bits here and there. There's, there's loads of them, players included. They're all leaking things out and it's just reflecting so bad on the club. Then you have the the Martial situation where Ranić comes out and says Martial said he didn't want to play, so United only named six subs on their bench when they could have had seven. Um, but Martial said he didn't want to play, so he didn't travel. Then Martial comes out and says, "I never said that. I'd never not play for United." You're like who yeah, would you believe? That. Like it's, you know, it's it's just all over the place. It's just rotten, rotten to the core. Well, like. To me, that would depend on whether there's any action taken against Martial. If he's refusing to do his job, then they can fine him. Yeah. If he's not fined, then it's not Martial saying, I'm not doing this, you sort yourself out. Yeah, as, far, as far as I've, it's I've, someone else, like, I've seen or heard, he hasn't been fined. So yeah. So like you said, if you're, if you're refusing to play, you have to be fined. And I tell, as, as much as I don't like Martial and he should leave the club, I, I tend to believe him um, that he... He wouldn't refuse to play, but then at the same time, what does Ranić gain by making up a lie like that? Either, so you know, it's. I'm probably looking too much into it, but he might not be gaining anything short term. But in the long term, the more he alienates himself from the squad, the more they're gonna join together, and the more they're gonna want to perform in spite of him rather than for him, yeah. and that might lead to a team cohesion when the new manager comes in. I, I probably am reading too much into it and maybe he's not playing these mind games but that's the only way I can see him doing this as we've kind of decided that he may not be fully truthful on some of the the, out, the 
is situations he's talking about and that that just could be how it works out like yeah sure suppose watch this space it's never a dull day at, at old trafford um, <laughs> no there's not there'll always be something happening for all yeah. the wrong reasons yeah a midweek game against brentford probably another poor enough results be more leaks coming out so see what happens i suppose yeah sure look we might move on so i think you've a 60 second summary coming up now yeah i think i do who are you going with? Um, go for the the Newcastle against Watford. Oh, right. Whenever you're ready. Okay, so Newcastle and Watford, good old relegation six-pointer. Both teams have only won one of their last ten. So no prize for guessing how this game ended. Of course, it was a draw. One-all draw. First half, pretty bad. But Newcastle actually should have been two up. Joe Linton hit the bar. Uh, with a decent chance early on, but then missed a sitter just before half-time. Puts it wide from about six yards out. He was slightly on the stretch, but, but no excuses to be missing there. Started the second half, then the only player on the pitch probably with any real class was um, St. Maxim, and he wins the ball back, runs at Wofford defence, cuts in on the right, and a great finish at the near post. Newcastle never really kicked on from there and were quite sloppy. Sissoko should have equalised. Um, he had a one-on-one but he blazed it over then in the 88th minute uh, Pedro nods home a beautiful header to make it one-all uh, Newcastle paid the price for, for missed chances early on the draw helps neither team really yeah definitely like you said a relegation six-pointer and when they draw it doesn't suit anybody really does it no um, so so Maxman's ne- goal was, was a cracker to be fair coming yeah. off the left and he's, he's a star- he's standout in that team Regardless Definitely. of who they're linked with and looking at, he's a standout by far in that team at the minute. Absolutely, like that. Like I said, there he's the only he's the only one player with probably real class and composure about him. Um, they definitely Newcastle, like I mentioned with Joe Linton, they, the, the game could have been over by half time, and then when they finally did go one 0 up, they they never kicked on. Now I suppose that's obviously the, the nerves kick in. They know they're at a. They're in a in a battle, so they're trying to probably cling on to the win as opposed to going to get the second. But yeah, they, probably, they probably should have done that. But, but yeah, yeah. Look, it was a soft enough header from Pedro as well. Like he rose up between two defenders, who one jumped with him, one didn't, and it just it, it was poor defending. And we've said that before. Newcastle are looking better going forward when they had Joe Linton, when they had Almiron, when they had some Maximan, but they're poor at the back. Yeah, and that's where they that, need to to work. That's definitely going to be their downfall. Yeah, look, there's not really a huge amount to be said about that. As you said, relegation six-pointer, two poor teams, draw, doesn't suit anybody. Um, But we move on to a far more entertaining game now in the West Ham-Leeds match. What a game. Absolute cracker. Yeah. Leeds just wouldn't go away. They just just didn't give up. It was great. Great to see. And especially with their COVIDs, with their injuries, with everything yeah. else, I'm surprised there wasn't a nappy change in station on the subs bench. There were that many kids on the on the bench, like yeah. young lads coming on. Like they've, I think I saw a stat where they've given the most most Premier League debuts to teenagers of any club in the Premier League era. Six, I think they've given in in the in the time they've been up. That's yeah, madness. Like. That's a good stuff. Fair play to them. It's but it's probably not. By choice, either it's well, yeah. with, the, with the amount of issues they've had with injuries and everything. Um, James Milner is probably one of them, wasn't he? Look, what he originally, went on to, yeah, yeah, he would have been one. Well, of no, them. I think it's just this season they're talking about this, the six. I thought you said the Premier um, League but, era. Yeah, sorry, the most in a season in the Premier League. Oh, era. I get you. Sorry, yeah, 
Yeah, I suppose six Sorry, isn't, probably uh, explain that well. Six isn't that much at all, is it? If it's over the whole no, in, league era. <laughs> in what, nearly 20 years. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, great game. Rafinha, um, and not just, not mention him because of previous uh, things that you said about him, but he was, he was, <laughs> he was brilliant, he was. Yeah. Uh, um, Harrison, with his, with yeah. his three, was, was phenomenal. And, like, before he went off injured, four shot, that ball that came across the box that he had the foresight not to just try and bury that goal, take a touch, turn out, give it to, to Harrison, who absolutely... Now, keeper might have been a bit, bit unsighted, could have possibly done better, but Harrison absolutely buried it. Yeah. Did everything he was supposed to do. Like, Yeah, no, they were good goals. And then even both times, like, Leeds went went ahead, then West Ham clawed it back, then Leeds obviously again 2-1. West Ham clawed it back. Both times you thought, right, West Ham are going to kick on now. But as I said at the start, they just wouldn't go away. Leads they were they yeah. were on on their on top of their game. Every player, um, and that yeah, like two good goals West Ham scored as well. So you yeah. think it would have given them a bit of confidence. But like you said, Leeds never stopped, and we've said it before. Their work rate is something else. Um, and the more I watched that game at two all, especially I was looking at it going, Jesus! If Leeds can manage to lose this, it's an absolute travesty. Yeah. They they hit the the post or crossbar or even the intersection of both with a free kick from Rafinha as well Rafinha, goal disallowed because yeah. Click um, hit a player on the line that was offside oh, like they, I know that's they the rules um, it was going in anyway but, he wasn't interfering with play yeah, it was like, that's very like, harsh that's what I mean it is, it is the rules but surely something has to be in, in a situation like that where the player's on the goal line and he's not it's not stopping anything he's like you know I'm going to say he's not interfering with play like Technically, he is, but yeah, like, common sense needs to remain yeah, and there. it just scraped off him and still went in like it was. Yeah, if they didn't get the win and and that had gone against them, it'd have been absolutely raging. There'd have been war, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the Harrison's third goal though, I thought was brilliant. The the ball from Rafinha was yeah, just unreal, and perfectly weighted, and then the little dinker. Yeah. Um. But it was the team the commentator said at the time, like that's a finish of a of a player who's going for his hat trick and is, is on com- high in confidence yeah. in the game. But it yeah. was a great finish. Yeah, look, and he's to be fair, he's been performing well for Leeds when he's been playing. He's a, a stalwart of the team at the minute with the amount of injuries and the amount of COVIDs and everything else that they've had to deal with the last while. They're they're doing well. I think Bielsa came out and said, "Were you or was asked were you not tempted to look for a postponement of the game?" And he goes, "Well, no. Why would we?" We can feel yeah. the team basically. We 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 can just play, and that's that's what you want to be hearing. Baron Arsenal going. Oh, our kit manager has a runny nose. Yeah. Can we can we get the game off next week? No, it's spot on. It's it's like what Gary Neville came out and said is like fair enough if there's been a serious outbreak of COVID, um, overnight or over the last few days, and you're struggling to feel the squad. But we're actually he's like now we're actually trying to get t- games postponed because you have a couple of injuries and a couple of players at the African Cup of Nations. Uh, yeah. Like this this happens every year, so like you know, so there has to be something more strict on it and it should be just based on COVID cases. If you have yeah a certain amount of COVID cases, fair enough, you can't feel the team. But if if there's no COVID cases and you have a few injuries, tough shit, you have to use your, your big squad, yeah. like, you know. Definitely, and that's that's kinda of the the rules being a little bit ambiguous allow teams to make these kind of requests where they probably shouldn't be making them and that's where the league needs to come in and go, no, listen, this is black and white. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Rather than, oh, well, look, there's a bit of a grey area there. So if you can make a good enough case, we'll we'll think about it. Like Arsenal put in 
I think to have that game postponed with Spurs on Thursday or Friday evening and it wasn't until Sunday yeah if ever, yeah, it was like, tor- I, know it was, I think it was Thursday evening the force kind of broke no sorry it was Friday evening I remember it was it was Friday evening where force kind of broke that they were putting in yeah. the news for it like, but, but yeah I don't know it's something definitely has to be done about it yeah but you're not looking at oh here we have 11 players on our squad you don't you have 30 you have 40 you have, you have the youths that are there or thereabouts and with Arsenal there's a lot of them yeah but sure look you know, at, players look that are at Le- Leeds would be one of the teams that wouldn't have as big a squad and look yeah, what, like you said look, last week with their bench the price yeah. their bench even and look what Bielsa comes out and says he's like we still we were still able to feel the team so I didn't want to yeah. get called off and then you have Arsenal who would have probably the guts of double the amount of players and resources that Leeds would have and they're looking for it to be called off because they've a couple of players out like yeah you know but look again it's it's teams using the availabilities to them what what they can use to try and give themselves a, a better opportunity like that's what two games out of three that Arsenal have had postponed in the last couple of weeks Yeah. now I know the Liverpool game may not have been their call but I'm sure it didn't hurt them and then having played them then they call it make make the, the case again to get get it, the, the Spurs game postponed so look it's teams using what's available to them to their best advantage but it needs to be kind of cut down to being this is necessary or not definitely but yeah, back on to the actual game. We've gone off on a little tangent there. Sorry. Um, no harm, no. Uh, but yeah, the Bowen had a great chance at the end. Um, for some reason, oh, tries yeah. to tries to chest it in when he could have just put his head down and buried it. Yeah, I I'm not quite as harsh on him as everyone else seems to be. I think the deflection put an awful lot of spin on it, and when it hit him in the chest, the way the the spin of the ball was going, it did look like it was going to lift it. So fair enough, he probably should have headed it. It, it would have gone better but the fact that he did that I think the, the spin of the ball the, the deflection might have harmed yeah, his chances spin, of finishing the, it anyway. the spin might have took it off him a bit to make it go over but he shouldn't have been chesting it though to begin with no it was high like he was jumping to chest it it wasn't, yeah, it it was, wasn't a, he just put his head down and it, and it was in I, yeah. I tell you one, one thing I did know is that as a Leeds fan I'd have been absolutely sick if that went in though because they, they, were, they fell asleep Two of them, Rafinha and Rodrigo, I think it was Rodrigo, down the left. The a free kick was taken quick down the left. Um, the two of them were just bending over, uh, fixing their socks and their boots Yeah. in the last minutes of the game. Ball gets passed down, passed down the wing, past both of them, who are just there, not looking at the game. And the ball cr- gets crossed straight in, and Bowen should have scored. So I'd have been absolutely fuming at them if if it did go in. Albeit, Leeds did deserve the win, though. Yeah, that's the kind of reaction you get when you don't win games. The the the, the three points kind of glosses over certain things like that that you don't yeah. really need to look back on. Now I'm sure they are in their own film room, but the fans would more so look at well, we got the win, overall played well. Whereas if it had gone three all, that would have been scrutinised much more. Yeah, I'd say definitely. But yeah, good. Uh, well, great win for Leeds. Uh, unexpected win obviously with say the likes of Newcastle Watford drawn made it better to, to make a bit of a gap between them and the relegation zone and obviously not a good result for West Ham no definitely not and like the like we said a couple of weeks ago the the table's a little bit skewed at the minute given that some teams have a lot more games played or a lot less games played I think um, West Ham are two more games played than the three teams below them yeah. so and they're only within I think four points of the three teams so you're 
it's it's a skewed table at the minute until everyone catches up. And I think the league are going to try and do that now as quick as they can, where COVID will allow, I suppose. And yeah. different whether Afcon will will hurt harm things either. But they need to catch up. They need to get a table that's a bit clearer for clubs so they know what they have to do. Especially at the bottom, West Ham are probably safe already, but the rest need to. The likes of there's there's six or seven still at the bottom that are there thereabouts and with 60 second summary that we're going to move on to next Norwich have done themselves massive favours so yeah yeah they need to know what's coming up really to, to plan in advance and stuff like that so something some plan needs to be put in place for the, the upcoming fixtures like you said where possible um, yeah. obviously with COVID but yeah like you said we're going to move on then to our next 60 second summary so you're up with Norwich yeah. and Everton yeah that's who I'm going with Okay, so whenever you're ready then, off you go. Grand. So Norwich 2, Everton 1. Norwich, while definitely improving under Dean Smith, are still in massive danger of relegation and needed a win to keep their Premier League dreams alive. After over nine hours without a goal in the league, which is massive <laughs> amount of time. Um, Everton again in poor run of form. Seeing a club in turmoil with the departure of Lucas Dean to Villa and the social media fallout that followed, so we'll have to wait and see how that actually turns out. But it was the Canary that stuck f- struck first as Sergeant Cross found Michael Keane unable to sort his feet out and poke the ball past a stranded Jordan Pickford. The poor ball then from Seamus Coleman was intercepted by Norwich's left-back Brandon Williams, who drove forward and eventually found Adam Ida at about 18 yards. Took a heavy first touch, but managed to poke the ball over the on-rushing Pickford. Um... All of this in about 94 seconds. Everton managed to get one back with an acrobatic effort from Richarlison, who generally looks surprised at the overhead volley he found the net. But Adam Ina shone through with some fantastic hold of play and Norwich sat out the 90 minutes. Good man. Uh, that was good, yeah. Fair play. Ida had a cracker. Just on, on the Irish side of things, Ida had an absolute yeah. cracker. He's been These, needing to do uh, something like that for, for a while now. Um, so he has, play. but... It, Dean Smith said he said he he had a good game midweek, and he's come out and said that his game has improved. Like not just his his knowledge and his kind of positionality and and where he knows he needs to be, his hold up play, his his play to draw defenders away. He was he was like top class. He was deservedly man of the match in that game at the weekend. I think. Um. It, just a question there uh, positionality is that a word it, it is now we've, we've said it <laughs> it's, a, it's an effort that one anyway <laughs> well in but, fairness we, when you hear it you know exactly what it means so <laughs> yeah. it must be a word <laughs> positional sense whatever whatever way you want to word it <laughs> but yeah um, great win for for Norwich and then obviously on the back of it then Rafa gets the gets the sack no surprise yeah. there no not really they like we, I think we said last week or the week before, if you'd have given me Everton squad with Rafa Benitez in charge, I'd be going, Jesus, there's a, there's a European spot. But with uh, there was an awful lot of talking of boats and rowing and stuff like that we, on Twitter after Dean left, um, how players need to get in the boat and row the same direction as the club. And it just, it was weird. It didn't sit right with me. So, uh, yeah, he, he was, he's deservedly gone. He, he, yeah. the team weren't performing well. I mean, James Rodriguez was gone out the door basically the minute he arrived. Lucas Dean gone as well. Um, fair enough, they had a few injuries and the, the COVID cases that everyone's had, but it, they just few, weren't um, performing. There was a few, like, 
technical directors and stuff that all left as well kind of in the last six months so not that that's on benitez but there was there was a lot of um stuff going on at the club so yeah it was probably it was probably a recipe for disaster the fans never wanted him there anyway obviously because of his his liverpool link so yeah now i've i've been reading up a bit this week and it seems that roberto martinez was their first choice to come back in but he had dedicated himself to belgium and it seems they still want to keep him through through qatar but he again i think martinez is their number one choice to come back and 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 get them strange under control i suppose he, he didn't he wasn't brilliant with them anyway no and i get what you mean it's Belgium are a different beast to what Everton are. Belgium have quality and class and just yeah, and phenomenal he's, players. He's underperformed with them. Yeah, as well. So, nothing, so and he wasn't good with Everton in his first spell. So I just find it strange they'd be going back to him. But yeah, I think it's a little bit short-sighted. It's it's a case of well, he's got a very good team and aren't they not losing? Basically, I don't think yeah. it's a case of aren't they brilliant? Aren't they winning World Cups and and everything else? Now look in Qatar. If he stays that long, it may stand to him, and he'll end up getting a better, better role afterwards. Because I don't think he'll stay with Belgium forever, but we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Yeah, true. Um, so we shall move on. So to our next review, we're going to go for the top of the table clash of Man City against Chelsea. Yeah, can we call the league now? Uh, I think definitely. Um, There's... well, you can definitely say Chelsea aren't in the race anymore. Hundred um, percent. But you know, beforehand they were, and you'd think with the way Tuco had them playing and the squad they had, that they'd have put up a better account of themselves. Yeah. City controlled the entire game. Uh, like Chelsea were... must win for Chelsea. They'd have known yeah. that. And they they had one or two chances, but like I said, it was City controlled it. Um, it yeah. Only a matter of time, really, before they scored. The fact that the longer it went on at nil all, Chelsea might have thought they could nick it. But once yeah. City, City got their goal, you, you knew then. Yeah, City just over. looked more likely. Yeah, the whole game, City looked more likely to score. They looked in control. It never looked like it. it literally looked like they could switch it on, score one, score two, even let Chelsea score. They could have gone down the other end and got another one. Similar yeah. to how the West Ham Leeds game went, it could have been end to end if Chelsea, Earth City had have let the game flow that way. They just controlled every aspect of the game. They were a million times the better side, and Chelsea had no answers. Yeah, now they're they're just absolutely on fire. They they made. They made Chelsea, who are obviously going through a bit of a bad spell, but they're still a good team. And City made them look like a, a mid-table team. Yeah. Um, they just completely dominated them. This is the time yeah. of year we were talking about where injuries and squad depth both come into play massively. <sighs> There's been no weakness with Chelsea. Or with City, sorry. Chelsea yeah. have shown that they're like dissension in the ranks with the Lukaku thing a couple of weeks ago. But like John Stones had to come in uh, this week. Grealish and Foden. Like Grealish had an opportunity there. The chap can't score to save his <laughs> life at the minute. He had an opportunity one on one with the keeper and just uh, inches wide. But he just cannot get it on target. Yeah, like um, the keeper Kepa got a, a touch on the on the chance, but it it was still probably a poor enough finish. He should have done better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not entirely going for him. But no. But to be fair to Kepa, with with uh, Mendy away on Afghan duty, he's stepping up he's shown like fair enough it was one now it's, it was an absolute screamer from De Bruyne but he made a couple of saves that kept Chelsea in it and kept yeah. him in with chance with the in with the chance of the three points yeah no he did and obviously with the, the, the pressure from even before 
Um, Mendy became the number one. Kep had made a few mistakes. He'd have been nervous anyway, but then the fact that he has to fill Mendy's boot to have been, been a good player for Chelsea. He, yeah, he has done well. He's made a few mistakes. He's been solid enough. Gave gave Chelsea a chance. Kept them in the game, but they didn't go on and take any chances. So no, they weren't. They weren't given the opportunities. As we said, City were just a class apart, and they have been for a lot of this season yeah. I can't see them being caught now they've too much class about them too much squad depth and even the young lads like Palmer who came on I think there was a stat last week where he's the first player to have scored in the Premier League the Champions League and the Cup in one season or I may be wrong on that exact yeah. thing but maybe it was just the Cup and the Champions League but even young lads coming in like that yeah, you, you can't is. compete yeah they have it like they just have class strength and depth everywhere and then Ever, like that, yeah. even the young the young lads that are coming in are, are top players that are players that look like they'll be top players in the future. So yeah. it's it's but just that hard stems to compete from a structure at the club. Yeah, no, it is. Structure, you know, there is a good like, United would know, have had yeah years ago, but Chelsea or City are the team now that are like a lot. Will, a lot will give out, and I'd be one of them. Most people will give it like about the money and you know how they bought this and bought that, but they actually the club is run very well. Yeah. Um. So that that's one thing that's that's you can't fault them for. Yeah, Newcastle might be a case study of this. You can throw all the money in the world at something, and you might still not keep yourself away from relegation. Yeah, you know, yeah. Newcastle on on looking up um the transfers this week, Newcastle are being linked with everyone and anyone anyone who has a pulse. I'm surprised you and me haven't been linked with them at this stage. Like, <laughs> for whether it's ball boys or what they're look, water boys is what they're looking for. They've been linked with and everybody you can throw all the money you want you need to have structure you need to know what you're doing and Pep is building a team he's not just throwing players or individuals at the wall and hoping some stick you know yeah absolutely so they've gone they've won 15 of their last 16 games in all competitions and that one loss was away to Leipzig in the Champions League when they were already through so yeah they're just on fire they're now 13 points ahead of Chelsea so as I said earlier I think Chelsea are 100% out of the title race. Liverpool will move on to have obviously got an outside chance, but it's still still unlikely. That, that Very unlikely, I think, yeah. But speaking of that game, we might move on. Another 60-second summary. Yeah. So, as you said already, it's Liverpool-Brentford you're going for. Going for Liverpool-Brentford, yeah. Could, is this our first time with Liverpool in a 60-second summary? It could be, yeah. Have them a couple of weeks ago? Actually, I think it could be. Yeah, you don't expect better teams to be in these, do you? No. Right, well, look, whenever you're ready. Liverpool and Brentford, obviously no Salah or Mane who are away at the African Cup of Nations. So would have been interesting to see how Liverpool get on. But first half, Brentford were holding their own. Tony had a decent chance from long range. Um, it went just, just wide. Uh, but then just before half-time, a corner from Trent bounces in the middle of the box and then onto Fabinho's head who nods at home from a few yards out. All Brentford's hard work is undone by some shocking defending there. But in fairness to them, they came out in the second half and had a go. But the goal from class was clear to see. And Oxlade-Chamberlain then gets it, gets on to a great cross from Robertson and couldn't miss 2-0. 10 minutes later, Minamino makes it 3-0 when Brentford tried to play out from the back. Um, and they just give the ball away. So Fabinho, Chamberlain and Minamino stepping up in the absence of Salah and Mane making Klopp a happy man, meaning there were no pathetic excuses from him today. Oh, bitchy end there anyway, but sure look. <laughs> uh, look, I think we said last week, Brentford don't really concede at home. They set up well. This wasn't a home game. They were outplayed, yeah, exactly. outclassed and just 
beating around the park. The first goal was very soft. That like that, that's what I I mean. It, straight from a corner, comes in, bounces kind of through the box. Yeah. yeah, like in the middle of the six yard box, and then bounces yeah. onto Fabinho's head. Is just now it was whipped quite well. In fairness, by by Trent Alexander, but uh, how a ball bounces in the middle of the box yeah. from a corner is is just two two open defenders and a goalkeeper in the ball bounces in a six yard box and nobody goes for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just doesn't like, make sense schoolboy errors like yeah. silly stuff and you can't win games when you do that against mid-table teams never mind the likes of Liverpool regardless yeah, exactly. of how depleted they are with AFCON they still have the likes of Minamino and and Fabinho and Oxlade-Chamberlain who aren't their regular starters but are still more than capable of beating teams who aren't going to help themselves yeah exactly so no surprises in, in that game Um, so Liverpool are now 11 points behind City with a game in hand, so they can they can claw to eight, which is like what we were saying earlier. As in, they do have an outside chance, but Liverpool, Liverpool are probably going to have to win every single game now until the end of the season, and obviously hope yeah. City drop a few points along the way. The, yeah. the problem with that is, as good as Liverpool are, I don't think they'll win every single game between now and the end of the season. So you never know. Their biggest issue, I think, is the next couple of weeks with AFCON. Yeah. Without definitely. the players that usually get their goals, the Salas, the Mannies, if they come up against a team that's better prepared, like we've seen earlier in the season with, with teams before AFCON, where the likes of Brighton and Burnley have put it up to them when they really shouldn't have had any right to do that. Yeah. If they come up against, like, and those are teams that we've said before, you set up well from the back and you give yourself the opportunity to attack. But the Brentford were not one of those today. No, definitely not. It was... That was Liverpool's first game without Salah and Mane, um, not including the League Cup game, and it couldn't have been a better game for them, really, the way, no. it, the way it all panned out. Very so, straightforward. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they get on the next few games, depending on obviously how far. Indi- India is Salah, isn't he? Egypt, Egypt. going to say India, Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, and Senegal, well, depending on how far they both get. Just, just to point out, Jay, India wouldn't be an Afghan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on the positionality of the countries if they're if they're in. It all right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, we leave that one there, so we'll um, we move on to um, our next review. We're looking at Brighton against Crystal Palace. Do I not have? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, we go ahead. I'm yeah. getting ahead of myself. I thought it was it was my sixty second summary. Eager, eager to do a sixty second summary. I just, I want to get out of the way. I have, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm half prepared this week, which is unusual for me. So, right. Well, we'll talk about Brighton Crystal Palace very quickly. Then we'll get you on to your yeah. sixty second summary. So, Brighton Palace, of course, was the the Friday night game. Brighton, very unlucky. Very unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, like if if ever a team deserved a win, they were all over Palace. Yeah. That's been the problem with Brighton this season has just been not winning the games that that they deserve to. Yeah. Like at least they didn't lose it. But uh but yeah, they definitely were on top of he had a penno in the first half, uh Pascal Gross. Yeah. Shocking penno. Awful penno. Um could have been different then, they might have gone on, kicked on from there, maybe won it comfortably, but but it was a terrible penno. And then, lo and behold, obviously, what happens in a lot of them games when, you, when you're on top and just not scoring, then the opposition go go down the other end yeah. and nick one, Connor Gallagher. I mean, two min- well, we've mentioned him before, and yeah. look, he's he's definitely living up to the hype, I think. But two go- two 
disallowed well not two disallowed goals a missed penalty and a disallowed goal in two minutes for Brighton in the first half both like look fair enough it was a save from from Pascal Grosso-Peno and Mope did did fell the keeper so look both rightly not given as goals but they Jesus for a team that were so on top to to have to rely on an own goal to to get them out of trouble yeah it's madness like and Palace aren't playing badly Brighton just outplayed them everywhere by the goal they nearly uh, nicked it at the end Danny Welbeck obviously got a, a late equaliser against Chelsea a couple of weeks ago um, had a half chance with it from a header nearly could have nicked the win it would have been deserved but, but Palace would be delighted with that draw that's a that's one of the draws Definitely. for Palace you look back on and say that's a point point one as opposed to two points dropped or anything like that whereas Brighton would be looking at it the opposite way exactly yeah and to be fair like neither team are in danger of relegation at the minute yeah. Brighton in ninth and Palace in 11th look they're a long way away from relegation zones uh, it, it can all change very quickly in the next couple of months but at the minute they're they're safe enough a draw doesn't really help or hinder either team to be honest they don't really have ambitions of Europe I don't think it's both no. teams are focused mid-table and keep themselves out with relegation battles yeah exactly so like we said, we kept that one a bit short and sweet to get you on to your, your 60 second summary and the last one, yeah. last um, game for today as well. So, who have you got? I'm going with Wolves Southampton. Uh, yeah, very good then. So, whenever you're ready, then off you go. All right, so we've said before that Wolves don't cut score and they don't concede. Well, they did both in this game. <laughs> 35 minutes in, VAR was involved again. Jan Benrick makes a tackle, gets the ball first, seems to slide into eight Nuri, penalty given. Raul Jimenez coolly slots at home to the keeper's right. Uh, Salisu drew a great save just before half time. Point blank save from Sa after a chip across the box uh, from 18 yards out. Really should have done better. Uh, then a Wolves free kick in the second half catches Southampton out. Max Kleiman has a header at goal which comes back off the post onto Connor Cody's head 2 0. James Ward Prowse then with the absolute goal of the week with a screamer from fully 40 yards out. Absolute rocket into the top corner 2-1. Sa had absolutely no chance. From that point, Southampton pressed on and Perro hit the crossbar with a header. But in 90 plus 1, Southampton switched off at Amatriori in loads of space, just inside Southampton half, beat the offside trap and buried in the far corner, Fraser Foster. 3-1 win, well deserved by Wolves, despite a cracking effort from James Ward-Press. Whoa, no wonder you were you were eager to get onto that one. That was, that was your best 60-second summary so far yeah I, that, that, I enjoyed watching that game <laughs> and to be honest mainly for that Ward Prowse goal I watched it about 15 times absolute screamer it was actually remind me of the um, remember Ronaldo's free kick all them years ago against Portsmouth Portsmouth yeah the, that yeah. was one of the first ones he yeah, on the nozzle it, yeah and even David James remember kind of making a, a gesture as in like what the hell could I have done there's no stopping <laughs> yeah, it like yeah. but it reminded it me that the way it, that the way it moved and it just slotted in the keeper had absolutely no chance it was till, till about the penalty spot it was straight at the keeper and then it nestled top corner in like, that yeah. four, 12 four, yeah it just buried oh, it an absolute cracker and Adama Traore's goal was, was well taken as well he's linked with yeah. Spurs at the minute so um, he's if if he's looking at leaving and I think there's possibly it, it's getting that that way it's getting closer to being done um, he's given a good account of himself to to make the move. Yeah, well, sure. Look, seeing as though you've mentioned a, a possible transfer there, just before we we wrap up today's episode, we will move on to Rob's rumors rumor roundup. Yeah, a couple of uh, rumors and movers again this week, and um, we'll start off with a, some brilliant news as far as I'm concerned. With Christian Eriksen rumored to be in talks with Brentford after being released by Inter. It'd be great to see him back in the Premier League. He's 
proven quality and after what happened at the Euros it's great to see that he's possibly coming back after being released by Inter as I said to a Premier League team and be able to kind of show his ability before Denmark make their squad for the World Cup. Word as well that Aston Villa want to sign Eve Basuma from Brighton. Newcastle seem to be linked with everybody under the sun. They're the new United, <laughs> I think. Uh, they've been linked with Idris Gay from PSG and Ekatite, I think his name is, from Rems. Um, Everton, as I said earlier, are linked to bring, want to bring Martinez back. He seems to be committed to, to Belgium, but we'll have to wait and see if a big enough offer is made, considering Rafa left with 10 million quid apparently in his back pocket. <laughs> Everton might have deeper pockets than we're expecting, which you'd expect them to spend on players rather than managers, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Wolves as well are set to sign a winger, Shaquino from Estoril in Spain. Never heard of him before, but it would make sense if Adama Traore is looking likely to be on his way out the, out the door. And one that you might have heard about, Jay, Donny van de Beek rejects Newcastle because he, he wants to stay them. at United. Rejects them, apparently, yeah. I heard the, the, the link, all right. I didn't, didn't hear he'd actually rejected them. Yeah, where it is that Ranić has said he he's in his plans, and I think Van de Beek is if he if another team with more mid table locations had had uh, come for him, there's a chance maybe even a loan deal. But he, I don't think he wants to be associated with Newcastle if they inevitably look like going down. Yeah, Chelsea have been linked with Kurzawa from PSG in kind of an effort to replace Chilwell they tried to recall, recall Emerson from his loan deal but Leon seemed to have rejected that uh, Southampton are interested in making their loan deal for Chelsea's Broha permanent another rumour I suppose Arsenal have offered 50 million quid and Torreira for Vlahovic from Fiorentina so that could lead, could lead itself to rumours that Abemiang is on his way out the door which we've been hearing for quite a while and one of the bigger ones I've heard as well Spurs could be in line to sign Pablo Dybala from Juventus. The striker says he's unhappy with Juventus basically dragging their feet on a contract extension he was promised to be signed last October. Um, and then before I finish, a little bit of Irish news. Ireland under-19 Sinclair Armstrong is linked with Man City. He's with QPR at the minute, having signed from Shamrock Rovers. Uh, Jason Knight is likely to leave Derby this transfer window. Leeds, Burnley and Newcastle have all been seen to be uh, interested and my favourite one this week is that Wes Hoolahan is linked with going back to Shelburne and being linked up with Damien Duff in the League of Ireland wow I mean Wes was in all them them rumours very good that was very yeah. knowledgeable stuff see if any of them come good or actually happen uh, and they're not just yeah, rumours <laughs> Dybala is one I'd love to see in the Premier League Dybala I've, I've actually seen a thing he obviously as you said there he's he's not happy with the club for with the contract negotiations but he came off at the game there at the weekend and he was like sh- like staring up at Pavel Nedved who was like one of the directors there and Nedved apparently couldn't look look at him in the eye or something so yeah look he, he's definitely there's um, shit going on happy, there like yeah so yeah it would be good to see him in the Premier League definitely yeah, look, he was he was looking to be. I think was it a Cardi? I think that was there, and he when Dybala, when he left the bar, was due to be the next big thing, and then Ronaldo ended up signing, yeah. so he was fucked over and didn't get a look in for a couple of years, and now he's kind of getting there, but they're not honouring their pre-contract agreements or whatever it is they had. I'd love to see him in the Premier League. I think his quality maybe a little bit soft for the Premier League, but sure, they'll they'll toughen him up. A few few games that against Brighton and sure look a Macclesfield in the cup or something will will toughen him up a little bit another player who was of course linked with United not so long ago but sure yeah who isn't and would have been a good signing I think yeah but yeah so 
good stuff on that so that's um that's it then for episode nine thanks again for everyone for listening as always if you haven't uh, already given us a, a like on instagram or facebook um please do so just search what do we know podcast so thanks again and as we always say what, what do, do we, we know, know? <laughs>